So this was like, in terms of all of MMA, I think that this uh, this weekend's like slate of fights in UFC, Bellator, PFL, no really crazy boxing to my knowledge this weekend, but uh, dude, like this, the past weekend in fights was just awesome in every single promotion. Like, obviously we're going to focus on the UFC because like that's what most of the people are watching, but like we definitely are going to talk a little bit about Bellator and the PFL, some crazy things that have happened in there and in those fights. But uh, I guess we can just go into the UFC. But um, Matuskam Rod, I think that's how you say it. I've heard it said like three different ways in the past week, bro. Bruce yeah. Buffer says it one way. And, uh, Fitzgerald says it another way. And then John Annex says it a different Like, I don't know. I'm going to go with Matuskam Rod. But he beats uh, Armand Saryukian by unanimous decision, all 48-47s. Uh, I guess before I, like, ask you, like, what you thought, all I got to say really, like, in – it's very simple to me. Like I'm not even gonna go too crazy into it, but it's just like the grappling exchanges in that were just beautiful. Like I loved watching that fight. It was exactly what we thought it was gonna be. Two of the it was best just, young guys. It just felt like just a blend of a little bit of everything. Yeah, just like, one fight. It's kind of like honestly, yeah, kind of it, but kind of not because I don't want to say like yeah, exactly how we exact. Because no, like a fight when you take those two like fighter styles against each other and you put them. And a five, not even just a three rounder, but a five rounder, for and then you just let them go. Like you're bound to see anything. That was so, just so awesome. Like every like I didn't, I didn't even know if I wanted round. like a finish or not. I, honestly, yeah, I think it was just room for like five rounds of just just all that crazy. Out. Like exactly, dude, all the takedown attempts led to like the most insane like grappling transitions yeah. I think I've ever seen. Like that was just incredible. Like in in the first couple rounds, like obviously Armand. He did a better job at like pushing the pace and landing a lot of strikes on the feet. But like, you know, even you said it, I remember when we were talking about it last week, like how uh, you thought that the lack of five round experience was gonna matter, and it definitely seemed like it did. And he even oh, yeah. in the cage. So like, I think, I think the obviously the decision was fair. Like I had it three two Gamrot too. I thought round three like is even though it was fairly close, I gave it still to yeah, Gamrot yeah, and like. One thing that really impressed me with obviously both of them was that their takedown defense was incredible. But especially in round five, though, the way that Gemrot was able to turn it up because it was basically I would think it was two two on everybody's scorecards, and Gemrot like it was pretty even like on the feet I guess, but Gemrot landed the takedowns like when he needed them very late in the round, and that really like put a stamp on it for him in my opinion. But man, like. <laughs> The 155 pound division just keeps getting better and better, and like I'm so happy that both of these guys are in it. Like not, like his Armand. He was. You, I don't know if you saw like his interview after the fight. I don't know if this thing should have went up to him. That he looked pretty sad. He was, dude, he was literally up against Can the cage. Play? Yeah, he was play. like, oh. <laughs> I feel so bad, me. bro. And then the camera guys like when he's shaking. Uh, Gamrat <laughs> was shaking his hand. He was like literally like on the ground like. Oh. God. <laughs> like and then this bank thought it was a good idea to go up to him <laughs> but yeah no i mean he was obviously disappointed but i don't think he should be that was a great performance even in a loss against a guy yeah, who's man. clearly going to be high level like i at first like when he called out justin gaethje i kind of felt weird about it because i was like he's probably not going to get that fight but then i looked at like the rankings and i'm like there's really like there's not many other people like that he could really like fight like, in reality like there's I think one fight that would be good personally would be Fiziev, whether he beats RDA or not, which I'm not 100% sure if he will. But um, where's these rankings? I have them up. So, like, 
Armand was number 11 and Matus was number 12. So I, I would imagine he's probably only going to go up one spot because I feel like since Fazeev is headlining an event with RDA, <laughs> they're not going to take him out of the top 10. I just don't, I don't think they would. That would be but, so messed up. Yeah, no. Nah, well, like, you got to think about it from the, like, the promo side. Like, you could say two top 10. Like, yeah. Like, that's, you can't say that if you boot him out. <laughs> but I think he'll probably be like number 10 or number 11, I would imagine. If anything, maybe Tony Ferguson might go down a little bit because he's a number nine. Yeah. But I don't want to see Gamrot fight Tony Ferguson. Please, God, no. <laughs> I don't want, like, McGregor's never going to, that's not going to happen. RDA, I guess, is possible, but personally, if RDA wins, I feel like he deserves, like, an upper echelon type guy. He's already earned it. Like, then you got Darius Chandler, Islam. Like, these are all guys who yeah, are in the title Yeah, that's just, like, exactly. So that's why Gaethje, like, at first it was like, ah, he might not get that one, but then I was like, who the fuck, who the fuck else? Like, who else is he going to fight? Like, I don't... Dan Hooker? <laughs> he's still there no, somewhere. I don't think so, to I be honest. I see him at number 13. I didn't even know he was still ranked at lightweight, to be honest, but... I hope he rebounds, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested to see what's next for him. Yeah, I don't, like... I haven't heard much about him lately. I guess it's he's I probably there was, well. I forget who it was exactly, so... If it comes back, I'll mention it. But there's rumblings about... Did he? That's even one he's, fight. I wonder if he's got... He's rumored to be booked for. Let's see. Against someone who actually, like, very recently just fought. Doesn't say yet, but... I know he wants to go back to 155. I saw, I saw that he said that, which is smart, because, like, <laughs> he definitely didn't look too great at 145. <laughs> yeah, that was no. hard. Not not the not the right move for Dan, but back to our lightweights that we're talking about in the main event. I mean, what do you think of uh, maybe Gamrot versus Fazeev, win or lose versus RDA? I think there was – this would – I think it would honestly be – Another one of this fight, like pretty that's close to it. Very like pretty close to it, you know. Like I don't. I mean, who knows how many rounds it is for one? Like obviously that matters. This went the entire way. So I wish this fight this past weekend, like the main event, was one of those like fights that goes until someone gets finished. Like I wish. Yeah. Like I don't care exactly. how many rounds. I would have watched that all night. And like you just saw in this fight too. Like you know, I would argue like Saruki just let the last two rounds get away from him. In all honesty. I think he won the first two, and then round three was super close, but I gave it a Gamron, like you said, and then just kind of same from there, like, the gas tank was uh, was fading, and Gamron was all over it, so. Yeah, even getting those takedowns, because early in the fight, those No, yeah, no, that was, it, it was a lot it. of fun, I'm glad that those two, they got there, that time in the spotlight, the yeah. shine, they put on a show. Fantastic. And exactly, game. they should be, continue to be booked as such. Yeah, I love it, like, I love the, like, you know. We definitely, like, we're 50-50. Like, sometimes we really praise the UFC, and then other times we criticize them. This is no, one of those yeah, times that they deserve a lot of praise. Truly impressive. I love that these guys got that five-round sh- spotlight. I think they're on ESPN, too, like, on the like actual mm. channel. So that's, like, wow, pretty yeah. good, like, for people who don't have the streaming service or who don't want to pirate it. But, like, I, I, think, that, uh, I think that this fight was just truly, like, a showcase of, like, the next generation at 155. Yeah. Like, these guys are both going to be around for a long time, like... Armand is only 25 years old, and that was, like, his third loss in general, like, his whole career. I think his last one before that was probably Islam Makhachev. So, he'll be I will around. say, though, the Fasib fight, I think, would be a lot more striking-oriented. than Yeah, that's why I want to see it, because, like, Gamrat on the feet, he looked pretty good, but also it was, like, Armand looked good, like, early in the fight. And yeah, the thing about yeah. Fasib is, like, Fasib's going to look really good early in the fight. 
on the feet. So who knows how that one would go. But honestly, I don't know if Fazeev gets past RDA. Like, obviously, we got a couple weeks before that one. But remember, like, people forget how bad RDA beat up Moicano, who's, like, insane on the ground. Yeah, and that's right. Fazeev is not Moicano yeah. on the ground. Like, on the feet, obviously, not uh, Moicano out. But, you know, that's a different ball game. I don't think... He's knocking RDA out. I mean, we're getting a little, we're doing a little promo of everything. With the one, 155, you could talk about that. We could do like a whole episode talking about yeah, the lightweight seriously. division. Literally, like, so, that's how popular like all the fighters are. It's just, it's so fun. So much parody. I also hope RDA wins just because he was cool as fuck when I met him. Oh, of course. <laughs> you deserve to have the bias towards RDA. Yeah, big, big I fan won't fall, that. I won't hold you to it. Yeah, that's a good fight though. I like him versus Fazeev because Fazeev's striking is legit. But RDA, man, like, people sleep on how good he really is. Like, it's crazy. Like, remember that one fight? Um, it's Paul Felder. He took, like, when Paul took it on, like, three days' notice yeah. or something like that. That was one of, like, the better performances of his career, in my opinion. He, like, he was beating the shit out of Paul Felder. And he won that fight by split decision somehow. I, I don't know what that judge was looking at. <laughs> I think it was, like, one of gave it, like, 48-47 Felder. And then one of them had 50-45 RDA. Like... How? <laughs> like what? How do you? How do you both see? Just, like never, that's radically never different. Never It just never seems to correlate. Yeah, it just no. makes sense in any way. I remember the look on RDA's face when they said that was a split decision. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> but oh my god, well, we don't even have to talk about that right now. But yeah, I mean, not too much else to say, I guess, about the main event besides like just how awesome that was. Like I, I you know me, like kind of what I think about fights. Like obviously, I'm a big fan of just. MMA in general, I love to see a good war, but sometimes those technical wars for me personally are just like really yeah. fun to watch. Like just a good close fight, like uh, kind of like what Jan versus Sanhagen was back in October. That was another one that really was a fun one to watch for me. But yeah, I mean, with that, on to like another prospect who's making a name for himself now, Shavkat Rachmanov submitting Neil Magny, the tail end of round two, like. Wow. <laughs> That's all I have to say. Like, I want... When are we seeing him in Hamza? That's all I want to see. I don't oh give a shit goodness. about any of these other guys he called out. Like, he called out Nick Diaz, Wonderboy, Jorge Mazadal. He'd wipe the floor with all of them. I'm sorry. Yeah. Like, no, yeah. Hollywood, honestly. Grappling's just another level. Like, he's up there. That was a scary... Yeah, that was a scary... That was a scary showing. I think he put on Neil Magny. It's like... He didn't he even gets, have to show how good he was. He didn't even have to use it. Like, he gets the grip on you. Like, good luck getting out of it. You know? Yeah. Magny, like, he also made, like, some mistakes, I guess, in defending. Like, a couple of the times he was trying to, like, lift his leg up to kind of, like, separate uh, Shavkat's a little bit. But that wasn't really working. <laughs> he was getting them down quick. And even on the ground, like, Shavkat's, like, top control is just so, like, insanely good. And then the other thing that was I was really, like... Uh, impressed by was how because obviously we were talking about Magny's like length and stuff and I more thought about it honestly on the feet than I did on the ground but then when he took him down and Magny kind of immediately put his legs in the way yeah. I was like oh I didn't really factor that part in and then all like right away like right when I was thinking about that Shavkat just kind of like takes his legs and swings him to the side and gets into side control and he did that like a few times in like throughout, uh, throughout the fight just outstanding like against a guy like magni who is not an yeah. easy guy to, to get out but not an easy guy to beat let alone to even get out of there like, <laughs> that. like that was just incredible like the way he was able to transition past magni's long ass legs to get the side control every like, yeah i was round. i was gonna say incredible 
just incredible. What did, what did you think of Shavkat? Are you are you as high as I am on him at this point? Or um, no? no, I mean, I don't see why not, honestly. Like, I do, would, I, I'm just saying, like, I want to keep, I want to see more. Like, I would like for them, I would love for him to, someone to be booked, um, someone I would like to be booked, you know, more consistently and whatnot. Especially now if he's going to be and, like, you know, right in the thick of, you know, the welterweight division, which, you know, he just right got done, now. exactly. He's a top got, 10 guy. He just got it done talking about all about, uh, lightweight. Like, we do the same thing with welterweight, so. Yeah, that's 100% certain. Though, I guess, well. I was about to say the only difference is that Usman has been like dominant as champion, but yeah. Oliveira is like, you know, what like what can you even say? Like he's just dominated. Well, not dominated in like the traditional sense, but like in terms of to be, the wins, like they, they have, have to be incredible. beat sometime soon. Is all I have to say. And so yeah. well, I like be. Usman versus Edwards, man. That's a that's a tough fight. Like I think Usman, like if he's looking to strike with Leon Edwards, that's a problem. Because Leon's a better, much better striker than him. Uh, like, you know, you see that happen with MMA a lot. Like, I remember Ronda Rousey probably is the most famous, well, infamous, I should say, case of it. Like, when uh, Edmund Tarverdian convinced her that she was a really good boxer. And that was when, remember when Joe Rogan was saying that she thought, he thought that um, Ronda Rousey could beat Floyd Mayweather in a boxing match. Or, <laughs> or MMA, it was something like that. He said he could beat her on the, like, beat him on the feet. That's what she, that's what he was, like, implying. I was like, yeah. Okay. Uh, and then yeah. Holly Holm kicked their head in the but, <laughs> yeah. Not age well at all. Yeah, no. He even admits it. Like, he's taking complete responsibility for that. Yeah, take. really. <laughs> at that point, it's like, you have really no choice. So, you might as well yeah. sewn up to it. Yeah, no, that was, that was an extraordinarily bad take. But back to, like, the welterweight division, like, Shavkat, you know, like I said, one fight that I want to see is him versus Hamza. I don't see that happening right now. But one fight. I could see that they could make, like, theoretically, if he's in the top 10, would love to see Shavkat versus Gilbert Burns. Would love it. Wow. Dude, yeah. it's the same reasons I wanted to see Hamzat versus him, I want to see Shavkat. Because I don't think Shavkat has the same level of striking on the feet in terms of, like, his power. I think he's got creativity on Gilbert, maybe. But it's basically, like, the same fight to me, which is, and if it's any bit as good as the Hamzat one was... Oh man, just please sign me up for that fight. Like, I I don't want to see him versus Diaz, Wonderboy, or Maslow. That's gonna look just like this fight did, and if yeah, anything, no. that'll build his hype. But <sighs> fuck. And those are the specific names like he called out too, right? They're not. Yeah, no. Nah, he said all of them. I don't know if he said them all in the interview, like post fight, but he definitely said them in the. Uh, in the press conference, there ain't a chance in hell that the UFC gives him Nick no. Diaz or Masvidal. I, uh, yeah, no, no. Well, I think the UFC would consider giving him Masvidal, but Masvidal would have to accept that fight, which I don't think happens. <laughs> Wonderboy would be the one that, if anything, I could see them doing, but Wonderboy has repeatedly said he wants to be fighting a striker, so I don't think he would want that fight right now particularly. That's why I think him versus Burns makes the most sense, because Burns... So coming off a loss, but he's still like at the upper echelon. That's a fight I want to see. Like I want to see. The, yeah. We were talking about the grappling exchanges in the main event. I want to see some grappling exchanges in this fight. So, yeah, I mean the main and co-main definitely delivered on a high level this week. But the rest of the card, there definitely were some crazy moments. The whole main card, honestly, I was really entertained by. But one heavyweight fight that I didn't expect to enjoy as much as I did <laughs> was uh, Josh Parisian versus Alan Alan. Bo it's French, so it's like different. Alain 
Dowdell. I think that's how you said it. Sounds yeah, that sounds about right. I thought he had Parisian out of there when he dropped Me him too. early. Me too. But man, like what a comeback! That's all exactly. I got. That say. second round is like a completely different fight. Yeah, I saw just horrible meme. It was uh, it was um, picture said Dowdell after round two of the fight. And it was just like a big fat, like a big fat dude with his like pants half down, his ass sticking out, and he was just laying face first, knocked out on the ground. And I was like, I was like, come on, I was like, you know, do, what did what did Alan do to deserve that? Like it's different, like you know, like you see the memes with like Masvidal and stuff, or even like Tony Ferguson. You're like, all right, well. They've talked their fair share of shit. What did what did Badeau do to deserve that? Yeah, I, I, nah. Usually I'll put like when we talk about like things that I see on Instagram, I'll usually put them on the picture. I can't even put that one on the video. It's gotta be some. Feels so bad. It's gotta be some personal. No, yeah, definitely. <laughs> he probably bet some money on him for that fight and lost. But yeah, man, I just like there wasn't even too much I had to say about that one. Like I figured it was gonna be like a typical heavyweight like three rounder on a fight night. It's, usually just goes to shit after round one but that one was not that that was not the case with this one i thought that uh that parisian just showed like just a crazy level of heart like i love seeing yeah. that in the ufc when someone comes back like that i was hoping that julian marquez is going to do that against gregory last week but <laughs> that would one for the ages oh my god bro if you i do it like not to reminisce too much about that fight but like just the fact that if he would have landed a, like a big shot and somehow stopped him yeah, bro. while he was basically unconscious on his feet that would have just been all time bro and I love the Cuban Missile Crisis Julian Marquez he's one of my favorite fighters in that division but fuck <laughs> you, I guess like you know we get some we get some wishes from the MMA gods and some of them we don't this was one of the ones that we didn't but something that the MMA gods have truly blessed us with is the presence of Umar Nurmagomedov. Um, like, smooth you know, transition. Yeah, that was pretty smooth, wasn't it? But um, anyway. Dude. But, oh my god, dude! This yeah, man. This guy, his this guy is just as insane. He's so much fun guys. to watch, man. Yeah, I I loved it. Like he looked. He's looked pretty good, like in his first few fights that I've seen. But like this one, in my opinion, he looked absolutely like outstanding from he's like every sense he's like a spider that. just moving around all over the he's place he's even got that same like habib type footwork dude but yeah. he switches stances i noticed that throughout the way he switched stances and used his lead leg bolt in both stances whether he was southpaw or orthodox it was just incredible like the way he was always active using that because you know man is coming in was expecting the takedown but he was getting hit hit with like lead leg roundhouses oh, yeah. like, like there was <laughs> there was a face kick yeah literally straight to manis's face yeah like i, I enjoyed watching that i was just like a true mma exhibition for uh yeah, Umar, man. man like he looked great on the feet on and not even just obviously you know we know him for the ground he showed that too i mean he had just smothering top control he was doing great at just like throughout the fight kind of just attacking like different submissions as well as like you know obviously getting some great ground and pound throughout the fight just he looked incredible like if they don't give him a top 15 guy next what are we doing like i, I just like bantamweight is like god man the ufc like you know they got some divisions right now that have just firepower in their like top 30 and bantamweight yeah, is another but one with man this like yeah really at this point with this guy like Given, not giving him a top 15 opponent is like just wasting his time. 
Like, I think it's... Come on, we can... I think we can at least give him this, you know... We've established that he can be... To like, show. Exactly. Let's see the band, what the bandweight top 15 is looking like this week at the tail end. I know Yanez is in it now. Oh, man. I have a bad feeling. I feel like something might happen. Actually, no. Maybe not, because they're managed, I think, by the same guy. But I saw Frankie Edgar at number 12, and I was like, fuck, man, they might give him Frankie. But they're both managed by Ali, so maybe not. Ricky Simone is ranked number 11. Now, that's a fight I want to see. Ricky Simone is like my bantamweight. Like, I feel bad. Like, every time there's like a rising bantamweight, I'm like, I'm fight Ricky Simone. Let's, let's boot him out of the ranks. Like, he did something wrong. <laughs> but I just... Then, in terms of this actual fight, like stylistically, like they're both really good wrestlers, just different styles of wrestlers. Please, man, let's 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 see that one. Don't give him Frankie Edgar, for God's sake, for God's sake. Yeah, don't please. give him Frankie Edgar. I don't need to see that. But bantamweight, they've had some like good fights booked lately. Like we were talking, I know, like a little bit about Vera versus Cruz, then uh, Song Yidong versus Corey Sandhagen. That was another one that got booked fairly under the oh, radar. Yeah, yeah. That's. A- beautiful fight i i god man i love the ufc i sound like a homer but like dude there's so many like good fighters in every division now and like there's just like what are they like 600 fighters on the roster yeah and man, there's just so many great ones so deep i love it i love that like there's just fights getting booked like so many at this point that you can't even keep track of endless endless fights you can book dude this month is crazy like we it's like in July for the first week we got the pay per view international fight week Adesanya and Kananir which is insane. Then you got like after that I think it's RDA versus Fazeev. Then Ortega and uh, Rodriguez. Like oh, man. <laughs> this is gonna be a good next month of fights. Let me just tell you guys that. But man, uh, anyway, back to this fight night though. You know, Umar looked incredible. Top 15 guy next. Not much more to say besides that. I mean, he was like a minus, like, 600-something favorite coming into this. And it was warranted, clearly, by the performance that he let out. Another fight, though, that I enjoyed that, uh, I mean, personally, I kind of became a fan of Chris Curtis after the Phil Hawes fight because we were such big Phil Hawes fans. And we didn't know how Chris was going to do against him. And then Chris, like, lit him up. And now he's on an eight-fight win streak, including this fight. This was one of them that, like, initially when I saw it, like, I, like this card, I didn't even realize this fight was happening. But when I saw it, I was like, damn, this is going to be a fun one. Because Vieira, obviously, is a jiu-jitsu world champion, one of the best guys on the ground in the, all of the UFC. But his Achilles heel is one of the most obvious yeah. Achilles heels yeah. in all of MMA. The guy's got one of the worst gas tanks in, in the UFC yep. right now. And Chris Curtis clearly knew that. Hitting him in the body. It, was so, it became so just, yeah, it became so obvious as it went on that Vera just wasn't, you know, it was either the ref was going to stop in or like he was just going to, you know, barely make it out. <laughs> Which is the what happened. He yeah. Made it out. I thought, I will say this though, there was a point, like, especially when Vieira lost to, uh, uh, it was Fluffy Hernandez. I think his first name is Anthony. I know his nickname is Fluffy, but. He, um, he lost in that one fight that he really got exposed for having a bad gas tank. I think his gas tank has gotten a lot better since then, but he still looked exhausted, like, in round three. And, like, you know, before that, it was round two. So I guess there's, like I said, there's improvements being made. So I can't hate on him yeah. too much. But this fight, Chris Curtis just put it on him with the body shots, and they were doing, like, a lot of damage, I think. And he was getting hurt throughout round three, especially Chris Curtis yeah. was really piecing him up. 
But yeah, I, 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 I'm a big fan of him. I think that he can like definitely make some noise in uh, the 185 pound division. I'd like to see him versus Julian Marquez. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I just thought of that literally right now, and I, I'm kind of like, I'm not. I can't oppose to that. Yeah. Let's give Julian some time to recover, though. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, because you Can't know he's going to to that time. either. Yeah, man. But I guess besides that, you know, a couple of shout-outs on the prelims. I mean, just a couple of nice finishes. Two of them that I wanted to talk about a little bit were Carlos Alberg with that insane left hook that he landed that basically knocked Tafan I'm not even going to butcher his last name like that. <laughs> it's, it, we've talked about him on the show before, Tafan. But this uh, this fight did not end well for him. He got hit with a bad left hook, and he it was uh-huh. all she wrote after that. But Carlos Olberg, he comes out of city kickboxing. I remember he lost his first fight against that guy Kennedy, who uh, he has an equally hard name <laughs> to pronounce. But he, they're both from uh, Africa, and they're both good fighters in their own. Kennedy especially, I'm a big fan of him actually. But um, Carlos Olberg since then has looked pretty good. And this fight was no different. I mean, that left hook that he hit him with was just so beautiful. I love those, like, check left hooks at the end of combinations when they just get the guy. But it's, like, bad enough that, like, he's stunned. That one was a bad finish. But the other one that I definitely loved was Mario Batista just getting that nice RNC over uh, uh, Brian Kelleher. Just good juju for uh, the MMA lab heading into this big international fight week for them. Because you got Jared Cannonier fighting for the title. Got Sugar Sean fighting Pedro Munoz. This this podcast has almost become like a UFC 276 preview, <laughs> although that will be coming obviously on Friday. Oh my goodness, but, man! Dude, like this, like I said, this summer of fights has truly been amazing so far, and that was no different. And this actually just reminded me of another fight that I completely just skipped over by accident, just because it was another rear naked choke. But our lock of the night. Tiago Moises, dude, yep. that one arm rear naked choke against uh, Christos Yagos, that was incredible. Like, he looked just as good as I imagined he was going to look, honestly. I'm, I'm yeah, sure he you agreed. Bullied. He just bullied Yagos up against the cage. Yeah, and just, yeah, yeah. That, that was, that was that true. Was, that was impressive for sure. Your underdog of the night looked a little better than mine. I oh, the, yeah. That was a close fight with Paeva and Morozov, but I honestly would want to talk more about uh, Corey. Uh, no. Cody Durden is it Cody Durden? Yeah, Cody yep. Durden. He uh, beat JP Bays pretty badly. I think that's probably JP's last fight in the UFC, if I had to guess. Considering I think he's on a losing streak, if I'm not mistaken. But if not, he's definitely lost more fights in the UFC than he's won, which is sucky. But it's just the way it goes. But yeah, I, I think our lock of the night. Did you end up uh, keeping Tiago's yeah. lock? I yeah. I thought that was funny that we literally had the yeah. same people didn't even realize it. Like, I figured, like, ah, you know, the odds of that happening are probably so low. No, man, then, that's... <laughs> of course it does. But I had saw, I'd seen your underdog, I wanted to change mine, and I was like, oh, if I can get... Ended up being a good I, Exactly, if I can get Cody Durden at plus one, because he was actually, you know, it was a pick on FanDuel, so it was only DraftKings where, you, you know, at least at the time where you could get... Um, you were right in the main event about the odds because, like, Gamrot ended up staying around where he yeah, was when we talked about him. So yeah. that, anybody who bet on... Uh, on Gamrot definitely made exactly. some nice money that night. I was that's good for that. Edge those bets, and I was saying I was trying to hammer that down. You know the entire the entire preview last week. You know fights like that, like you you got hedge it if you're gonna if you're gonna bet it. They're just they're all they're always they always come. You know, 
The numbers, like, at the end of the day, like, they're obviously a great indication of how, like, you know, a fight, like, might go and whatnot, you know. Yeah. Especially when if it's, like, it's a really big favor, like, sometimes it tends to be egregious, but it's obviously for, like, you know, logical reason. Like, you don't just randomly throw this huge of a, you know, number for someone to win just out of the blue. But, um, no, yeah, that one I thought should have been closer. And Same, said, honestly. Mm, it shouldn't have been that far. Yeah, like, I remember, I, I know I picked Armand, but, like, obviously you know how close I had this one, like, in my head. Like, it, this is why I love this fight in the main event so much. Like, we keep going back to it. And, like, it's funny because compared to, like, other fights that we've talked about on the pod, like Glover Teixeira and Yuri, like, it wasn't even, like, a crazy war or anything. It was just, I just enjoyed it. Like, as a martial arts fan, like, I truly just enjoyed watching everything about it. Like, on the feet, on yep. the ground, like, especially those early rounds when they were just defending every takedown that the other guy threw at them. Like, it was just truly outstanding. Like, I loved watching that one. But I guess, I guess, uh, I guess we touch on this a little bit before we go. Stop with the UFC. But uh, Vanessa Demopoulos, she is Bro, <laughs> Mike Bisping, he's he probably got a talking to when he's like she's just, like you could tell that like these guys are going, well Bisping probably expected it a tiny bit but probably didn't think that it was actually gonna happen until it did. But I I I love her energy, man. Like her energy is so yeah. infectious. Like I I want to see her keep winning. Like her fight, like it was a close one, and some people definitely didn't think that she deserved to win. I thought it was close. Like I don't think it was like a robbery really. My only thing with this is, like, similarly to what I was saying about that RDA fight with Paul Felder, like, I don't understand how one judge can give it 29-28 to her opponent, and then one judge can give it 30-27 to her. So, I I don't really have too much of an opinion on that. I've only watched the fight once, so I can't really, like, go crazy on it. I more just want to talk about her energy, because I'm a big fan of her, win or lose. She brings, like, a, just a different, like different flair to the octagon you know you yeah. gotta promote yourself in some way and i like the way that she does it i bet bisping's wife when bisping got home was like so she was a pole dancer before this huh like <laughs> nah yeah but i'm a big fan of vanessa demopoulos she she's just really fun to watch and she's entertaining in general like i like when people like market themselves in a cool way yeah. it's different but yeah, I mean, I guess that's a wrap on the UFC, unless you had anything else to add about it that I kind of didn't mention already. No, yeah, no, these fight nights, they are continuing to impress and impress. They're only and getting better. Exactly, like, if they would, you know, because we, we've talked about it before, where, like, you know, just the oversaturation and whatnot, there's just, like, you know, there's putting a card, making cards just for the sake of making cards and whatnot. But this one was clearly, like, thought out of, thought out of it. Great matchmaking from top to bottom. It culminated into a, like, a really strong card, so. Yeah, I enjoyed it so much. Like, you can't get better matchmaking than what you got in that main event. Those guys were perfectly matched against one another, and they proved it in the octagon by having such a great fight. But um, I guess on to uh, the other promotions. Real quick, though, I guess before that, uh, since this is fairly new on the channel, like I said, for the Hurt Sportsbook, for, we're only going to be doing like separate videos for it when there's a pay-per-view. So this weekend, there will be a separate video for the Hurt Sportsbook. So we're not going to cover that, although we kind of did in a way. <laughs> we didn't say our picks or anything, but we definitely talked about UFC 276. But... Uh, yeah, we'll, de we'll definitely preview that a lot more for you guys on Friday. We'll go in-depth about all the fights, you know, give you guys our locks, our underdogs, everything like that. But, uh, you know, to move on now, we'll go to Bell Bellator, I guess. Um, man, like, 
I hate that Bellator puts on some good ass cards and I find out about them like two days before they happen. Like they, this is not okay. <laughs> I need to be hearing about Gegard Mousasi fights like a month in advance at least. <laughs> like what are we doing? And then Mousasi's fighting Johnny Eblen, who nobody's given a chance to. And then Johnny Eblen destroys him. Like he beats him from pillar to post with his wrestling. Even his striking, he looked really good. He hurt Mousasi on the feet pretty bad, like a few times. And, you know, he won a dominant unanimous decision. Congrats to Evelyn for getting that uh, upset win. But the main reason I honestly wanted to talk about this fight was because one of the things that people talked about a lot with Musasi was, do people think that he could beat Israel Adesanya or still make noise in the UFC like he was before he left for Bellator? Because he left the UFC. If I'm, Let me read this, actually. I don't want to be wrong. I'm 99% sure when he left the UFC, he was on like a five-fight win streak or something. So, like, that's why people, like, have really debated it. But, damn, he's 49-8-2. That's incredible. He's been fighting for a minute. Let's see. Yeah, his UFC run ended with a decision win over Talis Latis. Man, that's a name I haven't heard in a minute. Uh, knockout win over Tiago Santos at UFC 200. Uh, ground and pound TKO versus Vitor Belfort, UFC 204. Beat Uriah Hall by ground and pound first round at a fight night. I think that was a main event. And then, yeah, I remember that fight versus Chris Wyman. That was a pretty bad one, too. And then that, after that was when he went to Bellator. Damn, he, I forgot he beat Rory. Oh, my God. He beat, <laughs> that was a fight that Rory should not have taken, honestly. He beat Rory bad at middleweight. I, that was when Rory was, like, the welterweight champ. of Rory McDonald, by the way, for anybody who's not, like, who doesn't realize how much we're big fans of him. But, yeah, he beat Rory McDonald pretty bad at middleweight. I remember that. That was a champ champ type fight. Man, he's had some career, but crazy. I can't believe of all, all the people he's fought, he lost to Johnny Evelyn. But what do you think about like his legacy, I guess, as a middleweight? Like, do you think he's well, still- definitely one of the more underrated yeah. middleweights of our time. That's not even everybody. He's fought, I think he beat, he's beaten like a bunch. Yeah, he beat Dan Henderson first round, Mark Munoz first round. We're getting a little older into the generations, but. OSP and Strike Force. He fought. He, God damn, King Mo. He lost to him. <clears throat> what exactly was the reasoning for leaving for Bellator? Uh, didn't like because he wasn't really much of like a shit talker. He talked a little bit, but compared to like the guys who were at the top at his time, like it was like Mike Bisping was the champ. Oh, it was yeah. like Chris Weidman, Yoel Romero, Rob Whitaker. And he was getting good wins, but, like, he wasn't getting the... Because at that point, that was when, like, Yoel Romero yeah. was, like, scary. Like, people were afraid to fight Yoel Romero. And Musasi, he was, like, in that top echelon back then, but nobody was ever really giving him the props that he deserves. Even, like, now. Like, nobody really gives him the props he deserves. Like, the reason why I wanted to talk about his legacy is because even though he lost this fight, I still think he's one of the best middleweights in the world. Like, I just think that this might have either been a bad night or just a bad matchup, but... Musasi, man, like, I don't think... He, I never thought that he could beat Adesanya. I don't know why that was ever a narrative, personally. But I don't think that he would fare badly against those other top guys, like, you know, Sean Strickland, like, see the middleweight ranks. See, actually, it, this is this show flows so much better now that I have the rankings up every time. <laughs> but, like, even those other top guys, like Brunson, I think... Has he fought Brunson? I'm surprised they never fought back when he was in the UFC, if he hadn't fought him. Derek Brunson's another guy who's 
Got a pretty lengthy track record. Yeah. When's he fighting? He should fight pretty soon. I know he said he wants to... I think he wants to beat Bisping's middleweight wins record, which he's two away from tying at the moment. Okay. So he needs three more wins to do that. I like that, though, because I remember initially he had said that um, he was going to stop fighting if he didn't... I think it was like... If he lost to Cannoneer, then he only wanted one more fight. But I like that he actually wants to keep going. Because I really think he's got a lot left in the tank for a guy his age. But, yeah, I mean, I think Musasi, though, back to him, I think that he could have still made a lot of noise in the UFC, even, like, up to today. I just, it sucks, though, because now that you lose to a guy in Bellator who, like, not a lot of people have heard of, people completely discount your chances at beating anybody, which is ridiculous. But, nonetheless, that's what happened. I just wanted to take that second to give Musasi his flowers despite it and give Johnny Eblen his flowers, honestly, for pulling off an upset for the ages in Bellator because I don't know a lot of people, including myself, who were picking him to win. Mm. So besides that, though, uh, there were some pretty interesting Bantamweight fights in Bellator that I thought was awesome. I showed you a little bit about the Bantamweight Grand Prix that I had no idea was happening before before, uh, we started the pod now. Uh, the other fight that happened uh, involved Magomed Magomedov, who's, uh, if I'm not mistaken, is one of the only people to beat Piotr Jan. I think that's him. <laughs> so uh, right. he fighting Patchy Mix. That's going to be a pretty good fight. I, although I think Magomed wins. I, I'm high on him, man. Anybody who fucking beat Peter Jan. Is, yeah. You, <laughs> that's, you know that guy's good. As good as Patchy Mix is himself, but still. Uh, but besides that, Danny Sabatello fought uh, on this card, and like a lot of people are starting to get introduced to him. I remember when he like first kind of got into Bellator because he got booked in like a fight against a guy that I'm pretty sure Bellator was like pretty high on. Because I remember it because at the time I was watching uh, a lot of American Top Team. They have their own podcast yeah. with Dan Lambert and uh, blanking on the other guy's name, but. He's another coach there, and um, they were they've been high on Danny Savatello for a while, and because of that, so have I. Because every time they say to bet on him, because he's like a heavy, he was a heavy underdog. A lot of times they fought, he fought because a lot of people didn't know who he was, and he would always beat the crap out of these guys with his. He's just got insanely good wrestling. It's like legit, like top notch, and that's why Ruffian Stotts, when Danny won the fight using his wrestling, he all right, he goes. That <laughs> I'm not even trying to imitate him, but basically, Big John asked Rafael Stotts, who is currently the interim Bellator bantamweight champion, what he thinks of Danny Savatello, who is his next opponent, and he went and gave an all-time promo. He basically said that was a terrible performance. This guy sucks. All he knows how to do is wrestle, and he let he said, "I just want to congratulate Danny Savatello." On this ass whooping that he just won. And that is so awesome. I love when guys talk shit. Especially in Bellator. You need like guys like that who are going to promote the fight. Yeah. And him versus uh, Danny Sabatello in general is a really good fight. Because Rafael Stotts, he's really good all around. But his wrestling is outstanding himself. So I'm curious to see if Sabatello is going to be able to take him down. And if he can't, what can he do besides wrestle? Like That's what we don't know yet. But I'm high on it. I mean, Danny Sabatello, he only recently started kind of talking a lot of shit, which I love. Like I said, he's kind of embraced like the heel mentality. Kind of like, well, people have been comparing him to Colby Covington because of that. But he fucking hates Colby Covington because he's boys with Masvidal, APT. But it's just so stupid because he is kind of like Colby, like whether he <laughs> likes it or not. It's the same mentality. He's using the same marketing tactics. And he says his... His is real while Colby's is fake. I'm like, all right, well, why weren't you doing it before? But I, 
I, it's whatever. He was talking a lot, a lot of crap to Leandro Higo, who was his pr- opponent coming into this fight. He said he'd fight him, you know, the typical things that, you know, I'll yeah, beat yeah. his ass in the parking lot if I can't beat him in the cage. But uh, he destroyed him using his wrestling. I mean, he's just a fantastic grappler as it is. So I can't wait for that fight. But the Bantamweight Grand Prix, it's getting, like, towards the end. Like, I'm thankful that I found out about it now. Yeah, like, right before it ends. Yeah, exactly. Because the semis, like I said, it's Patchy Mix and Magomed Magomedov. And you got Rafin Stotts and Danny Sabatello. And the winner of the Grand Prix is still the interim champ because the current, like, uh, official champ is Sergio Pettis, who's not fighting right now, I guess. I guess he's waiting on the winner. I don't remember if he's hurt or not. But this that should be fun. Anytime you get an interim champ versus a current champ, it usually makes the fight feel a little bit bigger, especially in Bellator now because they have the Grand Prix and stuff. That yeah. just always builds the fight. So, man, I don't know who's going to be fighting Sergio Pettis. I get the feeling that it might be Magomed. But I'm not sure. It could be any of these guys. Personally, I don't think it's going to be Patchy Mix, sadly. I, I'm not, like, sleeping on him. I think he's good. But all these other guys are, like, they're such high-level grapplers, but I don't know who beats who. Like, I don't know who who wins Stotts versus Salvatello. But that, so, whoever wins that's got to face Magomed so in the final. I think it's so cool about, like, the tournament, you know, bracket type yeah. style. And <laughs> just so everybody knows, you'll never see the UFC do that, ever, no. besides with Tough. By the way, check out Talking Tough. That was a shameless plug right there. But um, yeah, no, I, I love the Grand Prix format. I mean, we never really we never really saw it after Pride when that went away. But Bellator, I think, does a really good job at it nowadays because they picked the right divisions to do it with now. Like they have good fight. Like when they did it at two hundred five, I thought that one was really good. Their heavyweight one was pretty solid, and this one honestly has been pretty cool so far. That now that I've realized that it's going on. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I like all four of these guys. I'm intrigued to see how the final four goes with them and then to see if either any of these guys can beat Sergio Pettis because that's the real, like, challenge at the end of it, you know. Yeah. You win the tournament, you win a million dollars in the interim belt, but you don't get the real belt yet. You got to fight Pettis for that one. That's what makes it interesting. So that hunger doesn't go away even with the million dollars, which is uh, interesting. I, that's what I have to say because, like, you know, you get the – you get the money, but you don't get the belt. I like. I wonder if that matters to some of them, like more than it does to others. Like some of them are definitely only fighting for a paycheck, but some of them want the glory. I think most of yeah. these guys want the glory, which is cool because that makes for better fights. But besides Bellator, eh, actually, one more thing with Bellator, I forgot. Um, I think did I text you about uh, what Kat Zingano said to? Yeah, that was. Was not expecting that because I remember when she last got a win, I was like, she should fight Cyborg for the title just because that's good. Like, it's good promo. She's already in the top uh, top few in featherweight anyway. I don't know what the rankings are looking like for that. But um, actually, I might actually be able to pull that up because they have – Bellator has pretty good rankings, honestly. But I don't go on them very much. Kat Zingano is currently the number two ranked uh, featherweight, and I'm pretty sure Cyborg's already beaten number one. God, I'd love to. I'm surprised that fight's never happened. But Zingano, she doesn't want the fight right now because she wants Cyborg to pass a drug test. Like a legit drug test, not a Bellator drug test. Because <laughs> we, I mean, what do you think? Because she's tested positive for things in the past. So you can't act like she's never cheated in her life. Like, And considering that Bellator definitely has a less strict PD testing that policy or whatever you want to call it. Uh, what do you, like, do you think her, Kat Zingano's fears are any bit valid? Or do you think that she's kind of like, I, w- I don't want to say ducking the fight, but 
using that to kind of like get out of it. I guess it is ducking the fight. Yeah. Do you think she's do you think she's trying to get out of fighting Cyborg or do you think that she's yeah. has reason to feel the way she feels? I think it's a little bit of both personally. I lean more toward ducking Cyborg. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't want to fight yeah, Cyborg if yeah. that makes anybody feel better. I don't think you would. I don't <laughs> think anybody who knows anything about Cyborg want to fight her. She's 26 and 2. Cyborg. Yeah, but, you know, thing is, Captain Gano's the number two ranked, you know, fighter of the division. It's like... But you, it's like Dana always says that you can't force her to fight. Like, you no, you can't. Her. You definitely can't. She's only screwing herself out of a title opportunity, if you mm-hmm. think about it. Like, they can offer that fight all they want, and she doesn't have to say yes. But, you know, that that messes with your reputation and stuff, too. Like... It's like it's the same thing with like when people used to talk about Ronda Rousey versus Cyborg. People used to give Ronda shit because they said, "Well, Ronda's probably scared of her." But I don't. At that time, though, that was closer to when Cyborg tested positive for her PEDs. Yeah. So like, and especially for how confident Ronda was back then, that I kind of believed that that was actually her reason. While Kat Zingano, I sort of think I like I said, I personally think it's fifty fifty. I think it's a little bit of both because one, I'd be scared to fight Cyborg, and two. I do think that it's valid to think that she might be on something considering that she has been caught for it. And like, she, I don't know. She, she's, she's like a jacked, like she's a jacked woman, man. She's definitely built for like someone who's like a female fighter. It's like, what do you do with these two? If you don't, you know, like there's alternative. You think she's trying to get paid? Because Bellator might be like, look, that, we'll give yeah, you all yeah, this money to, yeah, to fight her. That's that's very that's that's very that would be a very methodical like tactic of going about it. I'm not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. I respect it. Yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. one I respect way to do it that too. But it's just like I feel like it, things just become so like you know I feel like they can't neither of them can really like move forward. Well, Cyborg, I don't know what the hell is the deal with her because I'm pretty sure her Bellator contract is technically up. If I'm not mistaken, I could be wrong about that. Oh. But I don't think she plans on leaving. I'm not I'm not certain, obviously, but I don't think she plans on leaving. Yeah. She's been pretty she's been speaking highly of Bellator. Yeah, I would hope Bellator gets that arranged first. The only way I see her leaving Bellator is if she goes to the PFL to fight uh Kayla Harrison. But I, I don't know if I see that happening to be honest. I just but Besides that, like you know, I guess this is another good transition because we're talking about the PFL. I have one thing and one thing only I want to talk about for the PFL, and that was the brutal, brutal. I guess I, the thing I saw on Tapology they called it a modified body lock, and I can't think of anything better than that. So that's what I'm gonna call it. But Stevie Ray Jeez, submits man. Anthony Pettis with probably body one of the lock. scariest modified body locks you'll ever see. He, I. How do you even explain, like, what he did to him? Like, he basically, like, had him... He was pulling, like, his lower body in one direction. He was pulling his head down to, like, the left. It was like a, like a human balloon just wrapping around Anthony Pettis. Yeah. And, just, like, and Pettis was stretched holding, in a way that exactly. human being is not holding, stretched. Holding Anthony Pettis there and then... If yeah. I if I can find like a good picture of the position that it looked like Anthony Pettis was in when that fight Dude, ended, it's just... I'll definitely add that to the video because you and gotta looked, see this to like really look very uncomfortable. It. <laughs> it's super un- really uncomfortable. He fucking popped a rib. 
It was horrible. Like, I, I was like, ha even when he first was Christian. in it, like, he wasn't tapping right away. I'm like, bro, what are you doing? Like, you're done. Like, he, how are you getting out of that? <laughs> God, Stevie Ray, he's a really good grappler. He's like, he was fighting in the UFC for a while. That, that but, is some scary, <laughs> that's some scary to, like, that's, you know, I get, I get submitted in a hold like that. Like, I'm, I have fear of every grappler that I'm facing. <laughs> that might make forward. me stop. That <laughs> might make me stop fighting. So, like, I, I want no one else like but that. a striker. Yeah, I mean Pettis though it's weird with him because he's he experienced like so much like glory and so much winning at such a young age like when he was like the, the champ in like the oh, WEC yeah, and then in the UFC like, he was on Wheaties box bro like how many people can you say that for those you know, W right? those WEC days the you, Showtime you kick? you cannot forget about. The WC days with Anthony Pettis. And I know, like, a lot of, like, people who watch us aren't, they don't know as much about the WEC, but I can guarantee that they've seen that kick. I know oh, they yeah. have. Because the UFC That's how you just, it, like, and, get introduced into the sport. Yeah, like, when you see it. MMA highlights, that's, like, one of the top ones. Anytime you see a man jump off the cage and <laughs> land a head kick that drop. And he did that. He didn't just do that to a bum. He did that to Benson Henderson, a prime Benson Henderson. Like, and Benson Henderson is, like, well, maybe not as much nowadays, but especially when he's in the UFC, he's a tough dude. Like, he's not an he's easy guy Benson to drop. Henderson is the man. Yeah, man. And, like, Pettis was UFC champ at such a young age, and, like, and then he lost to, ironically enough, RDA. God, man, that. UFC <laughs> 155 lore is truly just goes so far back into the Isn't past. Isn't that so, like, crazy? UFC 185 was when that happened. So, wow. that's, like, probably 2015, 2016. Wow. Like, unbelievable to think that, that it's been that long since Anthony Pettis was champ at the UFC. And then he's had some great moments, obviously, besides that. Like, his fight with Tony Ferguson, that might have been a loss, but, oh, my God. Like, that's yeah, one of man. the best three-round fights I've ever that watched. Dude, that dude was a phenom. Yeah. And then, you remember, I remember one of the first fights that I got uh, to see after I got ESPN Plus was when he knocked out Wonder Boy in uh pretty much like his home state which was horrible <laughs> wonder boy had never been stopped like that in i don't Dang. even think kickboxing or mma i think that was the first time he said he'd ever been knocked out like wow yeah I mean, <laughs> wow man. A, that's a flex for anthony pettis yeah, it really is. so and then you know he leaves the ufc to make more money in the pfl he has had very mixed results in the pfl and this one against a guy like stevie ray who was like a, I would say a journeyman in the UFC, and now he's beating Anthony Pettis by submission. Like, is Anthony Pettis done, man? Like, is it that time? Is like, is it after this season? Should he just call it? Like, cause he's made enough money. He's a smart businessman. I see him making money all the time on Instagram with bets. Like, he doesn't need this no. anymore. Like, I don't want to see Anthony Pettis getting put in those types of positions in the PFL, bro. Like, after all the, the highs the fact of his that career, he, Yeah, man, the fact that he is still going out there and... It's know. not even that he's old. I just think it's the miles. Like, he's Exactly. You don't realize how, like, you know, at least, you know, comparison to, like, you know, obviously, like, older, like, more, like, you know, iconic names and whatnot, we're, we're accustomed to, like... Honestly, no, I, I put him in those categories, though. He was a big star at 155 for a long time. Like, I'm literally about to look up his... Uh, his resume, like I want to read, like his some of the people he's beaten in his career, but like people forget, man. Let's go back. All right, we're at the WEC. He's winning by so like he he beat. All right, this is how you know Dan. Uh, this is how you know Pettis has been around for a minute. He beat Danny Castillo, who is the guy that you see who is currently the head coach of Team Alpha Male. Has not fought in a while, so 
that's like he fought Danny Castillo, <laughs> but he uh oh my gosh Shane Roller that's another name I haven't heard in a minute. Then the last he fought uh, I think that was actually might have been the last WEC fight if I'm not mistaken wow. him versus uh, Benson Henderson, and obviously he won the won that insane fight. It, that was a great fight in general. Like people forget like that Showtime kick was great, but it didn't finish the fight. Like that was the rest of round five. But the fight before that was super close. And I remember I loved watching that fight the first time I did. But then after that, it was crazy. He, his UFC debut, he lost to Clay Guida. But after that, he went on like a tear. He beat uh, Jeremy Stevens, Joe Lozon. Then I remember, oh my God, that body kick that he hit Cowboy Cerrone with was just brutal. Then he beat Benson Henderson again in the UFC. Beat Gilbert Melendez. Like, that's crazy. Like, who do you get the belt from? Do you get it from, I think, uh, I think he got it from Benson. I'm not mistaken. I'm not fucked up. Benson lost to him in the WBC and <laughs> yeah, the UFC. Yeah, he beat Benson for the belt. First round armbar. <laughs> wow. First round armbar. <laughs> wow. Then, then he beat Gilbert Melendez by guillotine choke. I, was, I remember that fight. And then that was after that, he lost to RDA. So it wasn't a long title reign, but you also got to remember he had the belt in the WEC too. And despite all this, he was still a huge star. He lost a few fights after that though. He beat Charles Oliveira. Beat Jim Miller, Michael Chiesa, one Wonder Boy, obviously, but man, I, I'm like considering that Anthony Pettis was like one of the bigger stars of the sport when I got into it. Like I said with Ferguson, like and, and even Joanna, like when I see these guys and and girls like they lose like this in like and especially in like the PFL against a guy who wasn't even like crazy in the UFC, but man, like it, I don't know, it might be it for Anthony Pettis, like low key. I don't I don't want to be the guy to. Yeah. Put like you know retire him but he's 25 and 13 now you know and most of those losses are recent they're not in the beginning of his career it's just like in the pfl right now he is he's one in three in the pfl like i don't like that at all i i don't like that at all clay collard is the only one in my opinion that is might have been a better fighter than him at that point but I don't think Stevie Ray is a better fighter than Anthony Pettis. And I, I, the fact that he lost like that to him is it just sucks, man. <laughs> but great career for Anthony Pettis. And he's not, obviously he's not done. Like I'm saying, like he's done. He's still got the rest of the PFL season to turn it around. And I hope he does because I'm a big fan of his. But I don't know. I mean, I think that he's already had like all that glory and he might just be doing it for the check at this point, which hey, if, you, if that's what he wants to do, that's what he wants to do. I don't blame him. But... Yeah, I, I think his best days are sadly behind him. But, uh, man, like, you know, like I said in the beginning of the episode, PFL, Bellator, UFC, this was just a crazy weekend in combat sports, dude. Like, I enjoyed every second of it, and next weekend's going to be even crazier. I can't wait to talk about uh, UFC 276 more in depth with you for on Friday for the Hurt Sportsbook. So, guys, definitely be on the lookout for that. And yeah. uh, in terms of talking tough, we we are now entering the semifinals on the show, so shit's getting serious. So uh, definitely tune into that. Come probably Thursday, probably eh. yeah, probably Thursday. I'd say this week. I keep like I'm kind of debating what I want to do with that, but I think this week it'll probably be Thursday. And uh, yeah, so that on Thursday, Hurt Sports Book on Friday, and then we'll be right back here with you guys on Monday, breaking down whatever happens next weekend. So with that, we'll see you guys next time. Bye.